I didn't do the thing I said I would do, but we're good. Hello and welcome to another edition of the RSF Radio. I am your guest host this week, Noke Remy, and joining me is Mr. Seth Series Mark Two. Uh, Seth, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Howdy, y'all. I'm idiot Series Mark Two. How are you doing, Noke? I've uh, I've had I've had better evenings. Yeah, like it. So I, it's been a weird day for me. Like I've. I've personally been in a bit of a weird mood this week because I so I went on vacation last week. That was a really rough experience in and of its own. And now, you know, I'm back here. It started fucking snowing in Chicago. And, you know, I'm just we're get like I am in a weird transitionary phase of my life and I am just trying to get a hold of everything going on. So you went on vacation and it wasn't good. It wasn't a good vacation. I'm confused by that. So it's good in so much that like I got to sleep in until 10 o'clock every day, but I I had to go back home to Tennessee for some real personal things. And now that I'm back here in Chicago, Ah, so it wasn't a full vacation. It's like, okay, I'm going to Tennessee, but I have stuff I need to do. I mean, I was gone for like a week and I didn't work for a week. And to be fair, like a lot of the stuff that I had to do not take up a huge amount of my time in Tennessee, but I still had some pretty heavy stuff to deal with. And it, it was enough to like make you anxious and not like treat it like a full vacation. I was up and down, honestly. Like there's a lot of just I was just I, I, I talked to Joe about it and confidence and it's just like there's a lot of things that I'm just trying to slowly work my way towards, but you know, I think the thing being back here in Chicago that I'm just the most depressed about is, man, Chicago doesn't have Zaxby's chicken, and I miss those wings. I Yo, that's, wings. you know, it's always one of those things that I feel are overrated. It's Buffalo wings, right? Like, I'm like an hour east of Buffalo, and I'm just like, everybody that talks about the classic wing, I'm like, Mm, I'm not so sure. Like I've had a lot of good wings. Like my uh one of my grandmothers is an amazing home cook and my uncle does an amazing job of like making wings and wing sauce. So I've never like been like, mmm, buffalo wings. That's what I need. I'm always like, I wish I had a grill so I could grill myself some wings. <laughs> oh man, I wish I had a porch for a grill here in my apartment, but Oh, that's true. I don't, know, I don't like, even have a porch. How can I how can I own a grill without a porch? I mean, I used a George Foreman grill for a very long time. And that's never I, the same. <laughs> it's not, but I fucks with it. All right. You make some like paninis or whatever in it. What else what else do you make in a George Foreman grill, I feel? Yo, I made a like I'd make like a bunch of shrimp. I'd just throw meat in there and like even before like I started my weird new diet stuff, it's just like I just will throw 
weird meat into things that are non-conventional cookers and what happens between me and God. Yeah. Well, before we go any further, uh, Seth, why don't you go ahead and, you know, plug whatever things you have going on, whether it's your Twitter, your Twitch, your YouTube, you know, where can people find you? Yeah. So, um, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at, uh, at under the name Seth series, M K I I, uh, I have a YouTube account under that as well. Uh, but the, if you type in youtube.com slash Seth series, M K I I, you don't, really get anything because youtube changed how it you have to be kind of fancy to get a custom youtube url which is some old bullshit well you don't you don't like vanity url well you don't like the fact that they uh hit their vanity url behind uh like a a little like fancy partnership wall yeah um especially this year because like i've gotten into i've been making i've made the most content this year that i think i've ever made in my entire life Mm -hmm. and Hey, if you want to see that, you can see that on my YouTube and you can see some of that stuff on my Twitch, uh, on Twitch on, I'm going to be changing my days. I'm thinking probably going to be doing, uh, probably going to be doing, uh, Tuesdays and probably Wednesdays and Fridays. It may be Tuesdays and Fridays. I haven't made my mind up yet. I really have to do some scheduling stuff, but, uh, one day a week I will be doing a street fighter five coaching stream. Uh, I, kind of got my start with the new challenger discord as a coach and i've been trying to get back into the swing of that now so that day- that's coaching for anybody you know whether it be rookies or diamonds you know anybody can come in and ask for adv- advice yeah um so i just will do a you know i'll run like an hour and a half stream open up a lobby set a password and if you want to come in and play me and get some inf- like talk about it and get some information i'm here to help you awesome and on on Fridays, I run a a structured stream that is that gets cut and edited into a YouTube video called Project Emotion Engine. Uh, what it is is Project Emotion Engine is a documentary of the best PlayStation Two games by the people who love them, and that is a new series that I've been working on. That I'm actually way more like it is. It is kind of the content that I've always wanted to do. And I just recently wrapped up the first episode with a good friend of mine named Sid Manan. And it is covering Resident Evil Code Veronica X. And I'm gonna I'm probably gonna spend this week cutting the video to something YouTube palatable, but the stream art the VOD is up there and it's like I said, it's probably some of the favorite my favorite content I've done. I think that is a very interesting project to do. <laughs> Um, and it really feels like a passion project to kind of like go back and play all the, these old games, you know, stuff like, oh, what, what was on PS2? Was it, it was Crash 2 that was on PS2, right? Cause Crash 1 was on PS1. I think, I think most of the crashes were PS1, but I, were they? it's like Spyro. Like, I feel like half the Spyros were on PS2, but they were all PS1 games. Yeah. I, it's weird. Like that. So like my, the that generation is my favorite video, uh, generation of video games. Like there's a weird diversity and just there's just a lot of like creativity and not all of it hits, but I like that. Yeah, you know, like my my favorite games of this generation have been games that feel like PS2 games, like Near Automata, Bloodborne. You know, like a bunch of stuff like that that just doesn't feel like a conventional AAA. Yeah, game. game games that don't necessarily conform to what 
people's idea of what a video game should be of nowadays, but we're definitely like what games were in the PS2 era, like kind of like hobbled together, kind of wacky, not like not did a, a decent job storytelling, but like overall just like felt good to play. I, I feel like, I think there's just a general homogenization, especially with like Western AAA development that is just, I, I don't fuck with it. And no, you, my own weird, you don't like a weird tastes. You don't like a call of duty every year. <laughs> Okay, uh, so to be fair, I actually really like competitive shooters. Just, just sometimes I just want to turn my brain off and like fire fake guns. And you know, Call of Duty gives me that. I, I kind of got super into Destiny a little bit more just because of, I like the movement options in it. But I, I'll, mm. I'll fuck with a shooter. Right. I feel like everybody has like, ah, this is my game for this like this is my fighting game game this is my shooting game this is my rpg game this is you know my so and such and such game like tet like puyo puyo tetris is like my puzzle game but like then you run into things like oh should i get tetris effect well i have puyo puyo tetris what do i need tetris effect for and, and that kind yeah. of stuff <laughs> it is and it's like i i don't know like my my time is very limited. So when I go out and like try to consume things, like I want experiences and I want something that's like, I would rather have like a four, a game that's a three or a four out of 10 than a thought than like, I would rather have a game with more personality. That's maybe a three or a four versus something that's just homogenized. That's an eight or a nine. Right. So, Hmm. I feel, like gonna, that's, I, I, I feel like that's I feel like that's that's definitely a a sentiment that resounds among a lot of people, even when they pick their fighting game characters. Where it's just like, no, I don't want to play Akuma because he's top tier. I want to play, you know, Ken or Sakura because you know I like how they look. I like their story. I like, you know, other things about the character besides just them being a a good game or a a good character or you know the best or a top tier. And, you know, looking at at that, it's just like, you know, why why play any of those when you can play Akuma? And he does everything that you want to do with those characters. I, I feel a little bit different about that. I think how you choose your character can... There's a lot of factors behind it, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. I'd be lying if I said that the character I picked wasn't because I have an emotional attachment to that character. Yeah, you're Cody? Or are you yeah, talking about your Laura? I, my Cody. My Laura was definitely just your pick that worked out for me. Well, she has other assets. Ass. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm glad you leaned into it because, boy, howdy, I was about to go to places I'm not supposed to. Uh, you know, PG-13. <laughs> uh, Except PG we're, allowed, we're allowed more than one swear word. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, well, uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, fuck yeah. And it, fuck yeah. <laughs> no, um, so it's it's weird. Like I everything I do is like just kind of weird. Like and it's you can see in how lax my workload and how lax my content is, just that like everything I do is uniquely personal and a passion project, or else I just don't do it. Right. Like I've recently at the behest of some people, and especially like after the RSF nomination and voting stuff like 
I try to put myself out there and like make some more content and like kind of experiment with some of the things that I'm personally passionate about. And I think that I, either I'm going to build an audience of people who like my weird buffoonery or I'm not. So I would rather kind of just coast on the person I am than anything else. But yeah, so like those are the main venues of content that I have. My YouTube channel is a collection of my fighting game streams, the soon to be edited project emotion engine stuff. And occasionally I sit down and do kind of a long video essay where I talk about a particular topic at length. I have one of those in the pipeline as we speak. So going back to your r slash Street Fighter sponsorship, how did that come about? Did you nominate yourself to be a part of that or did somebody else put your name into the hat? So that entire thing started as part of this push for me to actually put myself out there and make content and see how I did. And I did nominate myself, which like, uh, feels you, a little bit. I mean, I weird. I've gone in there several times and nom- nominated myself. Um, and you know, I always have like four other people like that I nominate, and then I'm like, and also myself. You know, just <laughs> just in case. I get it. But like my my original nomination for my hey, I have access to people who know how to do this push and know how to like help me get myself out there. I need to learn how to do it and I need to get comfortable like making and putting out content and trying to be this creator that I want to be because, you know, I I definitely kind of see an end to my fighting game, like my time as a competitive fighting game player. Like, and it's just how it is. Like everything is finite or is finite and it will end at some point. And so it's just one of those things of like, I really need to start developing habits and like getting used to making this content and doing things before I phase out, you know, for the time when I do transition out from like hardcore competition and all this stuff. So that kind of started. And then I started pushing out the links and I started talking to people and I started like just working on a bunch of stuff and started making content. And, you know, I want to, first of all, like I want to give a big shout out to, uh, at, to St. Cola and Classico both of which helped me like understand how to actually market myself and how to make content. And a lot of the people from the Chicago scene, particularly like uh, Gento Boy used to go by Juggernips. Uh, Juggernips. Yeah. It's such a fun Juggernips. name to say. Uh, you know, you have to like classico, classico you have to uh, put like extra pronunciation or like extra emphasis on the nips. Like it's Juggernips. <laughs> it, it really is. But like, Chicago is filled with like is filled with so many talented people and people who are working on pushing themselves and like trying for sure, to for sure. trying to make brands like you know you may not know this and this is something I'd like all of our viewers to know did you know that the Midwest FGC has a clothing line uh no not quite not that specifically like it was specific to the Midwest I feel like I've seen there's always the combo breaker stuff that I see which yeah. is Midwest apparel um, yes. So we have it's called the Midwest Movement and I'll I'll get the Twitter for it. Uh mm-hmm. that way if you want to and want to check out some of these shirts. I feel like I I've, I've seen it. I it sounds familiar. If you if you have seen someone in a big chillin' t shirt or a shirt uh, that says Midwest Movement. You guys movement, are big chillin'? <laughs> we are big chillin'. Okay, okay. But so you can actually find that merch at on Twitter at Midwest M V M N T. Um, I will actually retweet 
sure I will uh, I'll drop the link to this. Yeah, in if the you chat. want, if you want to send it to me, that'd be that'd be great, so that we don't lose it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that'll be in the in the description or in whatever Joe decides to make for this. Yeah, so like all of those clothes, a are super fucking stylish, and b go to funding our players. That's like, pretty dope. Yeah, so this all all the proceeds of the set go to funding Midwest players to get to will go to fund Midwest players to get to tournaments. Now, what is your definition of a Midwest player? Like if so you go mid- if you go all the way down to Texas, are you still Midwest? Midwest I think traditionally is like Illinois, Indianapolis, Wisconsin, uh like that surrounding area. The the northern Midwest states. Yeah, the northern Midwest because like the yo the southern the southern states guys are doing their own thing and it's amazing. Like, uh, Doctor African and the EX Dojo crew are out there busting their asses with their own brand and their own content and like, I have nothing but respect for that scene. Right, right. You know, and you see you see Atlanta, you see Alabama, Arkansas. Like those guys are all doing their own thing. You know, and like those are those are mid south, kind of southeast ish, but like yeah, I'm like every single, I'm like Georgia's not Midwest. <laughs> Georgia's yeah, definitely East Coast. It's still part of the South, which like I, I consider Texas too. Uh, not oh, not so much for me. Being from being half from the South myself, like I was uh raised a lot in like mid to northern Virginia, um, and I kind of develop an understanding of this of what the south was and texas was always like outside of that i feel like it was just like yeah they became a state before the civil war but they're on their own power grid they like we don't texas is an east coast like we there's a separation here between the south and texas like you don't you don't get this uh southern accent from I'm I'm not even doing a southern accent. I'm like you're well, not. I'm more like, Texan. I'm from Tennessee. So I'm you. I'm like I'm I'm going way to Texas, and it just sounds wrong, right? Like it's not southern. <laughs> now, if life yeah. was like a box of chocolates, uh, it's an <laughs> I, entirely another story. You know, I am more than happy to dip into my accent. That's it. Please do thing. because. I'm terrible at them. I'm good at like saying specific words or phrases in a specific accent. But outside of that, I just lose it and I I can't do anything or it's extremely racist and I shouldn't do it anyway. So, I mean, so like, hang on. Yeah. So, so like in all honesty, you know, you get a little bit of twang in there and there's, there's a little bit of, little bit of just kind of here there like how do y'all how you doing i'm so like i I do i do this part partially it's like a part of my work because i i work in it for a school system and it's like i use my accent largely to kind of as kind of like a way to lull people into a sense of security because i had because it is weird like i think there's a power dynamic there and people are uncomfortable talking to it but see when quite quite the opposite i'm also in it i i have I have done full phone conversations as IT support in an Indian accent. <laughs> Just to mess with people. Oh. And it know. was, I literally, it got so good that 
Um, and I'm like one of my coworkers was like, you probably shouldn't do that anymore. You're like, you're too good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, you hate it. You hate to see it. But so at this point, so at this point, it's just basically like, I'll, the way I use it is like, I'll bring the accents. Like, howdy y'all. My name's Seth. How can I help you? You know, Hey, what's going on? How are you? And then at some point, you know, someone will get uppity with me and I'll go from, yeah, don't worry y'all. I'm here to help out. We'll get y'all taken care of to no, sir. That is not how this works. And it's just, it's like, you go from your, your Southern hospitality to uh clean hospital language. No, sir. We cannot help you today. It's, it's the verbal equivalent of like, of just dropping the boot on someone like it's just and no, you just sir. you just see how like they they like don't know what to do anymore they're like what wait what it's <laughs> not not today sir about like i've always answered like the help desk phone like hi this is no grimmy how may i help you like <laughs> classic like drive-through style oh like, i've got i've definitely got years of call center work just kind of beaten into me that has me do the exact same thing so it's it's definitely interesting to like to switch between all of like the different styles and be like, ah, I think your particular anger and and need needs this level of accent and like taking care of it, like how I should talk to you or like it's it's interesting how you can change your word choice and accent to fit a person's mentality and and um help calm them down basically. Oh yeah, like that shit is crazy, and like this is a level. There's just like a level of like social understanding and work that's done that you have to adjust to, and it takes time. Like it's, it's its own unique thing with its own unique dynamics, and how you talk to people is largely read on the situation. It's almost like human conversation is very difficult. Almost like all languages are made-up entities that we've determined are standardized that aren't really standard and it just gets complicated because they're just noises moving through the air it does but we're getting into some weird like emotions (laughs) are just neutrons fired off in our brain shit we're getting into some weird psychology stuff here which interests me but probably not most of the people listening to this podcast so it's definitely like an off <laughs> off the air conversation but going back to it so it's just one of those things where i i worked with saint cole and classico to kind of get an idea of like how to push this how to take care of everything i called my family i remote i did remote desktop with a bunch of them to walk them through making email addresses and getting oh votes in and i, I I think that is incredible that you went that far to like reach out because like my family often is, you know, not technological illiterate, but like I feel awkward reaching out to them to support me for this kind of stuff. Like a lot of my Street Fighter online gaming presence is largely largely my own, um, despite the fact that like my father's in the tech uh, technology field and has played video games and has done a bunch of stuff. Um, I always try to m- make it my own way, but reaching out to those closest to you, I guess, is a really good way of getting support. Yeah. So like I, I reached out to like the, 
Knoxville FGC group chat, my old my old work group chat that I'm still friends with everyone with. I reached out to, you know, I worked with the Chicago FGC. I reached out to all the people that I've done streams with and done content with and just been like, hey, can you like take a moment of your time to do this? Like I bounced between a bunch of different discords that I've worked in. And, you know, one thing that like I will sit here and say that I am super grateful for and it, you know, it's something that brought me to tears. Like uh, for those of you who maybe don't know me i used to do a lot of mod work and coaching work for the new challenger discord which is a rsf uh, partner discord that spe that specializes largely in the development of and just building up of new fighting game players it's they an awesome are... awesome place oh dude i i've had like my ups and downs with it that are largely tied to my own personal well-being and just kind of some mental health issues that i've had but like that i've I 100% believe in the message and like what that discord does. And I, you know, and it was just one of those things of like a lot of the people there went out of their way to help canvas for me. A lot of people there voted for me, you know, and it's just like, it was at a moment where I was just kind of sitting at my desk crying because I, there were like multiple people who I helped bring up that were voting for me that were out there, like pushing it because they wanted to see me, they wanted to see me at this place. And it's just like, it's the first time in my life that I felt this level of support from all of the people around me. And it just did. Now it was a lot. Like it was a lot. And it's, I, it's always yeah. great to kind of feel that love and warmth and support from a community that you care about and that you've been a part of a lot and you've given a lot to, to finally feel like, Oh, you guys do care about me and I am important to you. Like that's that's something crazy. Um to to really kind of feel that love back. Um but during this time where you were, you know, um trying to push for the sponsorship, did you finally decide on your um MKII versus MKV kind of decision on your name or was it something else? So um, here's the thing about that like Cesarius so MKV is just a PlayStation account. Um, mm -hmm. There's some real, I have like a lot of emotional significance tied behind the like Cesarius Mark II branding. It's what I use for my, it's what I use for all of my social media. It is my tournament handle. You know, I, I, I've changed some of my stuff, some of my names around just so that way, like, just so that way some of the numbers are in line. Like right now uh, on my Smash GG, it's Cesarius MKV. But, that's mostly because I want to appear on those Japanese, like all those lists before majors that Japanese players make that are like, Hey, here are these strong players so that they can easily find my, find me and just be like, Hey, this dude's scary. Yeah. You're Cody putting in that work. Uh, it, I, I bust my ass, but like, so like the original handle I used was the man series. And that was the name I used when I played anime games. Cause like originally I'm a person for arena player. Whoa. And so like I used that for a very long time up into street fighter. And then eventually I just switched over to like the general Seth series branding. Excuse and me. I used that for a little bit and just kind of, I don't went through the troubles. Like I had a couple of months where I was really struggling with like some depression and mental health issues. 
And I finally, I went and I went and got help. I, you know, I went to therapy and I started working on myself, started taking medicine. And eventually like when I've hit a point where I felt like I was stable. Congratulations, by the way, you know, I feel like mental health is one of those things that is often overlooked and, and not necessarily taken care of. And the fact that you went and got help and, and everything like that, that's an amazing step for you to take. And, you know, I, I think it takes a lot of strength to, to do that. So congratulations. You know, I, I, first off, thank you. Second off, like, this is definitely like a longer conversation for a different podcast. But like, if you, if you are out there and you're struggling, please go talk to someone, please like sit down and like, whatever options you have, there are free and paid options. If you do or do not have access, if you do or do not have insurance, like there, there are more options and more things out there than you think. Please take care of yourselves and like get the help where you can. Please. Please. And so that, you know, like I made it through that and like, I kind of decided, you know, like I'm here at this point in my life. Like, I really feel like I have become a better and a different and better person. Like I'm trying to be a better person. I'm going to rebrand to Mark two just to like, that is a, that is my personal affirmation to myself that I'm going to be a better person. That is my, that is my personal belief that I am going to try to be the best person I can be. So like when, when you reach the level of being a better person, are you going to go to like Mark three or no, it, uh, no. So the other, like the other side of that is like, I'm a very big Gundam. I use Gundam nomenclature. So like if I were like, if I were to actually make another serious jump, like it would probably be like new Seth series, like with the, with the, um, Seth series uh evangelion no that's um that's sorry that's bad that's the bad time uh sorry i don't know i'm 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 crossing genres now and it's not yeah no it's (laughs) crossing series like you those series have way more in common than a lot of people listen to this probably know uh but you know like at some point like i will find some sort of mecha branded rebranding that i will go with but like as it stands right now like i am for the first time in like years especially with like a lot of the weight loss stuff that i've been doing and like especially after kind of getting this output of support and talking to people that i have like i am arguably in one of the best places in my life and i am trying to you know i'm arguably in one of the best places in my life and i'm trying to continue that and like I don't know if I'll need another rebranding, but like I feel like I've started to hit where I want to be and you who I want to be. You almost feel like you don't want to hit another up the point of a, like another rebranding. Like you never want to hit another low where like you feel like you need to rebrand yourself again and like develop this new identity for yourself again. Um because of how much work that you've put into this one. And it's just like I really like was on a like when I when when you hit Ses Series Mark 2, you're like Ah, I was on a come up. I I felt really good about myself, and this was the image I wanted to project. And then I lost it, and th- it becomes a decision of well, should I rebrand myself again? Do I do I need to, or should I just stick with this? And you know what that affects with your mentality and that that kind of stuff. Um, it's definitely an an interesting kind of thing to look at. Um, I know for myself, like I rebranded from my original gamer tag after four years to Nogarimi. 
um, I like halfway transitioned to quiet force, um, just based on where I was mentally and just, um, okay, I understand a bit more about the world and who I, who I actually want to be, um, in the world, not necessarily knowing how I'll get there. Just like, I, I know I want to do these things in my life. I know these are the the values I want to stick to. Um, so I was like, let's rebrand the quiet force so that, you know, I can kind of do this. And then it was just like, I'm so well established as Nogaremi. Do I really need to rebrand as Quiet Force? And and, and like all of this, um, all of these actual like weird, weird, interesting thoughts of like, I have this brand. Do I want to rebrand? It's It becomes more complicated the more effort that you put into an identity and the longer that you've had an identity. I mean, I, I definitely agree. And I think a big important part of that too is like, especially with like our branding and like the things that come along with that, like who we project ourselves as like a lot of that are things that are under our control and things that we are important. And it's just, you know, I think how we, who we present ourselves as like our identities are one of the few things that no matter what happens, like are the things that no matter what happens, like, that's the part of us that we can keep to ourselves and the thing that no matter what we can go back to and rework and retweak. So that stuff is really important. And like, I have a weird names have a lot of power and how we present ourselves. And like, that is also another very long and weird conversation to have. That's maybe not for this podcast. Uh, it, it, it can definitely turn into a lengthy subject. Um, but you know, we we have a couple of topics that we're we're trying to reach uh, tonight, and you know, maybe maybe one of those is discussing this mid tier range stuff. Like, you know, is Cody's V skill that strong as a as an offensive tool? Oh God! <laughs> so this fucking bullshit. Like, I so like like I said earlier, I was on vacation last week. I got back. And not two, not a day or so after I got back, I see Rushdown on Twitter posting this nonsense-ass post someone wrote about how busted my V-Skill is. And then <sighs> I played in the RSF stuff Monday night, and a clip got posted of me beating an Akuma with it, and it actually working on cross-up. To oh, which you, you I, mean to like which, on frame 30 when it hits on the other side of you, it actually worked? <laughs> I, I know, it was great. And so Orphan Crippler was in my was like in my mentions, like, hey man, best thing in the game. And then Neon jumped in, and it's just like, and now that has evolved into just a dumb meme between me, Hoji, and Orphan Crippler about yo, bro, we gotta stop that. We gotta stop this. You're gonna get this character nerfed. Yeah, listen. So I mean, just, listen, you, you look, we can't share this very deep, very good tech with our character of just pushing v-skill on somebody else's wake up <laughs> despite the fact that it has actual risk and cost like a lot of it, like it gives you gray life and it's crush counterable if you're wrong it's not a terrific option for cody as i understand it i'm just gonna say it is wild to me that a ken player is complaining about taking unnecessary risks what you mean <laughs> wake up heavy dp isn't a good option to that's, do? that's a you mean that's not real what the fuck I I look heavy DP is like what strike invincible on frame 
four, six, something yeah, like it's, that. It's some sort of some sort of frame da- data for a character I don't play. But yeah, I mean, like all jokes aside, I saw that, and it's just one of those moments where I'm at my desk at work. And I'm like, God damn it! Yeah, every it reminds me that uh, Street Fighter FGC Twitter is just a blow up like we also had no good citizen with the the g post a couple of them actually this week where uh his his goal is like just to get under everybody else's skin and irritate them about how g isn't a good character and like why are you guys complaining about g when you should complain about rashid oh god i dude i love joe so much he and i even before the rsf stuff started up he and i kind of have become pretty pretty like close friends and training partners and just like i mean you both are mid- God- midwestern players right yeah and it's like that man knows how to piss the world off and i respect every second of it his tweets are so good dude <laughs> his, his He's, twitter is okay is it's the best the, it's the <laughs> there are multiple times when he will say some wild ass shit and it just makes my day like he's like a cross between like you and uh sriracha flash and like putting uh, I, those two together is just I, so funny to I, me oh dude don't don't compare my twitter to joe's like it is my twitter is a fucking shit show of bad opinions about 80s anime and like occasionally me hitting that triple command grab on someone hey, like, man. it is it always yo, feels good to hit that triple ch- oh, three command grabs in a row on somebody oh I'm just going to say, like, my favorite moment any of the RSF stuff, and I'm going to preface this with, like, I think Mike is an incredible player. He has done work with Zangief that is fucking crazy, and he's arguably the best Geef in America. Like, Oh, I, I think without doubt. a doubt he's the best Geef yeah. in America at this point. How many other players still play Geef full-time in America? And, well, and you know, specifically in the USA. I mean, I know, like... Brutus is, still plays Geef a lot. There's um, Slain I mean, Man, Brutus, but both both of them are are yeah, Canadian. Yeah, both of them are Canadian, and fuck Canada. Oh, strong words. <laughs> I know, right? But so no, uh, like you know, I want to dive playing Mike, but the one time that he played Akuma and I command grabbed him three times in a row was like the most vindicating, validating thing I ever done in that tournament. Like, this is how it feels, motherfucker. Do you, do you see? <laughs> this is what you do to everybody. Sorry, nerd. I have the reads today. It's my turn to the command grab three times. Get wrecked. Yeah, like, sorry, sir. That health bar is gone. Um, but oh, it, was on a, it was on Akuma, too, which I'd certainly bad things to an Akuma on stream this week as well. I mean, you versus species was... <laughs> Fun, very fun to commentate and watch. Um, That's you. A, you did three command grabs in a row, two different times, and every single one of the command grabs hit. So, like, here's here's my general philosophy, especially when I play. Like, I do not. I I personally believe that there is not a character in this cast who has the same kind of swagger and just enjoy as is enjoyable to watch as a good Cody. Like. I, there is a there is just a swagger and a level of fun when you play Cody, and so like when I play like I'm trying like I'm trying to put on a show, right? Like I mean, especially and- during the 
r slash street fighter online locals you should always be putting on a play you know and like i i've played species and like his akuma is crispy like it's a good akuma it's just every now and then like sometimes i can out footsie an akuma player like sometimes i'm just feeling it but i hadn't played i like i joined rsf and that was the first time i had played in a week and i was a little shaky and you know i just got that thought in the back of my head of i'm not going to be able to out neutral this man so i have to rely on my other strengths go big or go home and, brother yeah yeah so it's just like i'm about to do some fucking grappler ass grappler shit and it's yeah you've you've always basically mine. been a grappler player right like you've always done yeah. like a a half grappler i feel because you did laura before i don't know who you played so in, like here's, here's i don't know how deep your of... fighting game history goes but like did you play like um like able in street fighter 4 or something so i played cody in street fighter 4 but i didn't re- i i wouldn't call my level of play in street fighter 4 competitive but so like here's my here's my like entire timeline of like how this goes so the first character i ever played was kanji tatsumi in persona 4 who is he's a grappler ass grappler but he's an anime grappler which means he's got like air dashes he's got air command grabs like command grabs you can combo off of like my favorite thing to do in that game was he had a command grab that was a sway so like imagine if you know how ed kind of swings back during his exdp Mm mm-hmm so Kanji swings back and it's strike invincible and then he comes in and the command grab comes out. And that's a game where dash pressure was very good. So I just let someone like run or air dash on me, buffer that command grab and like sway back, scoop them and just get started. It's so like I played Kanji and then I played TJ Combo and Killer Instinct. Okay. And did, who has like a bunch of really weird command grab stuff. And then I played Laura and now I play Cody, and so it's just like I, I'm a grappler player, and like there's definitely some stuff that like I think I you're my tool. you're a but half Cody? grappler player. Please, you don't play true grapplers. I'm just gonna sit here and say like I you Where's know there's Zangief. There was actually there was almost a had Cody not got announced for season three, Seth series would be a Mika player. Boy, I would still like to point out Mika's not a full grappler. She's still like a half grappler. Mika is a grappler. Let's not. Mika is a grappler. No, but you but, but look look at all the numbers and you look at Zangief. Zangief to win has to grapple people. You can I'm win just, with Mika pushing sand medium punch and confirming into an EX speech. I, I I'm just gonna say I could never I could never play Zangief. 360s and 720s are for weird psychopaths and i just i am not like that's just i'm not that life like i i don't have the ability to churn butter and drool on my stick in a way that just works <laughs> that's how you feel about zangief players that's how i feel about the 360 motion and the 720 motion and also zangief players also <laughs> okay man okay i man i'm <laughs> Joe is not here, and you can tell I'm feeling spicy. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure I can let this. I'm not sure I can let this fly on this podcast. Talking this slanderous talk about Zangief. I'm. I'm not sure you're going to be in trouble. Sponsored by R slash SF. Talking crap about Zangief. 
You're gonna have um, some, you're gonna have some people talking to you. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get people from my own scene yelling at me. Lord um, knows we have geek players. But in terms of everything, like, how do you feel like Cody really matches up against the the rest of the cast? Um, do you feel like he's you know can he really fight all the top tiers the way that I I feel like some people at the beginning of the year felt like Cody could? I think Cody's worst matchup for the top five is Akuma because Cody struggles with fireballs and shodos. Mm-hmm. But I think that he actually is 5-5 five, five with Birdie, uh, Birdie, Karen, and Ibuki. Or, sorry, Birdie, Karen, and Rashid. Mm-hmm. And I think he beats Ibuki. Wow. 6-4? Uh, I'd say closer to 5.5, 4.5. Okay. But like, I, I think he does. And some people are gonna get real pissy with me about that whole Rashid thing, but like I, I really think that that is Cody just has the range and the ability to kind of shut down some of the things that make Rashid as scary as he is. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a lot of like how, and it's just a matchup that I've spent a lot of time on because we have a Rashid player here who explicitly forced me to lab exactly how to beat his stuff because I was losing to autopilot and I was not very happy about it. Are you talking about uh, Mr. DK, Dual Kevin? No, 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 no. No, okay. somebody else? No, no, How no, many no. people? How many people play Rashid in the Midwest now? I know uh, Dual Kevin travels a lot to like a lot of locals, but I'm sure there's more Rashids. I'm going to say this right now. Like I have played long sets with Kevin and Kevin is like super, a super good person like has been very cool when I've asked him questions. Like I respect the hell out of his Rashid. It is like, I respect the hell I, out of him as a person. Like, I feel like yeah. he's a very good person. That's even, like, even as a pro player has, you know, maintained a, a good attitude and a good approach to uh, many different fighting games. Like Kev, Kev is one of the people that I like, I wish I knew better mm-hmm. because like, I think he is, he works so hard and I like, as someone who also prides himself on just grinding and hard work, like I respect him a lot. Right. And honestly, like, I think that's what I would like. That's one of the things that I I would say is very, very prominent among Midwest players is just like, there is a very, there is like a real sense of like work ethic in all of us. Like all of the, especially the Chicago scene, like we are full of people who bust ass to grow and be better as players. Like, you know, uh, a couple of our one of our best players right now who has been winning locals and tournaments left and right in our scene, Zach in a box. Like, I have seen him grow heavily as a cool end player, and like, he was good. Right. Like, he was good, and he beat me senseless when I, like, when I first got here, and like, I grew, and I've watched him grow in response, and like, it's just like he there are moments where he'll say something like, yeah, you know, I've been really focusing on, I've been really focusing on like this aspect of my play, this, this, and this. And like, I can tell he means it. And like, I see these improvements and there are a lot of our players that are like that. You know, we have, we have like our, our stronger players, you know, which I consider myself a part of. And then we have like a very, we have a like very strong, like group of upcoming players, you know, a yeah. man who not only has the, one of the best names in our scene, uh, one Pico de Guile. Oh, Pico de Guile is such a great name. I was watching the Red Bull Conquest and I saw that name and I'm like, this has to be one of the best uh, like 
character based names where the the guy is or the guy or girl is still playing the character that the name is based on. And I'm like, this is phenomenal. Yeah. So they got Carlos is like I have seen Carlos grow throughout the last year and I dude, I love that kid to death. He is such he is such like a name like like a lot of our like all of our players have like a very strong work ethic of like giving back to each other and training with each other and like we work hard. Mm-hmm. And like I think Carlos is kind of I think Carlos is like the shining example of what good what good guidance from our scene can do for a player because he has become a very strong guile in his own right. Yeah. And just he like I love that kid to death. He's he's one of my favorite people to play in our scene and just like he's a goon. It's my goon. <laughs> I I always feel like that's like an interesting part of oh this player this person this guy this kid has such great potential he's better than all of, he like he has the potential to be better than all of us I feel that so much because anytime I talk to Dell's on fire um no good citizen um a couple a couple like a couple other players are like Man, you're like right there on the cusp. I can see everything you're trying to do. You have such a good head on your shoulders. If you just stop playing stupid, you could just be a good player. I'm just like, oh god. Mm. I say that. I say that exact phrase to Lizard Man like every day. Ah, uh, was that the Rashid you were talking about earlier, Mister? No, 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 Mister Lizard Man. Who? What's the no. Rashid that you played and labbed a lot against? I do not want to say because, like, I. I think that guy gets maybe more guff than he deserves. And okay. Like, it's just one of those things that like, I, I don't, I don't want to come out here and like out anyone or like come off negative because I'm like, just trying to think of like Midwestern Rashid's and it's not lizard man. It's not dual Kevin. I'm running out of names that play Rashid. Don't worry about it. But all I'm going to say is like, I've had very long. You know, I both were new challenger and like he and I play each other a lot. There are a lot of really good matches between him and I that have gotten streamed through our locals, which you can find at BG Callisto, Spin Infinite, or Low Kick Tournaments. I can find the name now. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will scrub all the footage. <laughs> <laughs> but so like I so I, you know, Lizard Man and I play a lot and like there's some really good matches and like just we're friends like i love that dude to death but just every now and then like i've looked at him and i've sat him down and looked him in his eyes and go josh you are such a you have such strong fundamentals i think you are a very good player he's a nut though he's a nut through and through (laughs) you would be such an amazing player if you weren't so fucking stupid it it was literally (laughs) last Last week on R slash Street Fighter Online Local, he oh I watched was I watched going that. crazy. <laughs> I watched all that and like it was so like I, one of his first times in the top eight, and I was just so mad at him because he just did stupid thing after stupid oh, thing God. after stupid thing, and I'm like, dude just chill for like two seconds and think about why you're actually like losing or winning a match. And then it then his stuff just works. Like he occasionally makes like the thing is is like he is such a tech specialist. Like he knows a lot of he knows a lot of stuff for that. So like you'll have a moment where he'll do some dumb shit, and then two minutes later he pulls out like, "Hey, here's this incredibly specific setup that works against this character very well." And you're like, "Wait, what the fuck?" 
Well, welcome to me and my experience playing Ryu, where I just like I do a lot of dumb shit, but oh, sometimes I have some really good setups. Like if you ever look at a Ryu and it was like, man, that Ryu had a really good meaty fireball setup. That's me. I do meaty <laughs> fireball setups for no goddamn reason, but they're so fun to do. The only problem is you need your opponent to like not quick rise. <laughs> it's like you need them to just stay on the ground for like an extra 40 frames and then you're good you can get a meaty fireball um but there are setups where like if i dash forward you know do my normal setup after a light tatsu and then like i back dash once and then throw a fireball i'm like cool i'm plus here and i can like push a roundhouse and it's just like that's a sick setup who what other you does that none of them because it still gets hit by a wake up exdp thanks capcom it do be that way sometimes it really do be it really do be like that because <laughs> the balance of street fighter 5 is just it it leaves something to be desired especially in the case of ryu where ryu is not a bad character like he has a lot of good tools that work for him, but he just doesn't have that consistency. So I, I have some thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. And I know like, I know this is largely in regards to that tweet that was going around. that was just talking about like, Hey, Ryu has not been in like what top eight in like two years. He hasn't been in a top eight in a, in a long time. Um, Long ass time. I don't think he's won a set in Street Fighter in a Street Fighter top eight uh, CPT top eight since 2016. Since he was actually like considered a good character. Since he was top three. I miss those days. Those days. I mean, I played Ryu back then, so Uh, I understand. But so you know. I, you know nothing. Kind of, you haven't suffered through season two. <laughs> I played Ryu for season two until I decided to play Laura. So like I understand. So I just kind of. I played Ryu kinda, in season two. I know I keep interrupting you and stopping your train of thought. And I'm sorry. Um, I played Ryu in season two for a solid like three months, and then I picked up Nikali because I'm like I can't do this anymore. It's legitimately painful for me to play this character. And then season 2.5 came out. I'm like, I can make this work. <laughs> uh, we'll figure this out. But I mean, so like, here's the kind of thing I think about this. And I think just largely about the balance of this game. I think that the big problem with a lot of characters, my own included, is that there's always like the conversation of. Why would you put all this work and all of this effort into playing X when you can put it into Y who does everything that X character can do better and then some. So for Ryu, that's Akuma and for Cody, that's Birdie. Right. You know, and like, I think that's probably one of the biggest problems with this game's balance right now. And it's just. So like, I I think season four is probably the best balance version of street fighter five like i it's my favorite version of the game i love it the only thing i would probably do in terms of balance changes is to bring the top five you know in order akuma birdie karen abuki rashid bring them down to like the to the same level that six through 15 are yeah i really i really feel like that's an appropriate change here because 
the the top five are the top five because they have like a lot of winning matchups against the rest of the cast. But if like you tone down some of their tools, right? Like Akuma doesn't need to have the right option for every situation at just the cost of having 900 life. Like he either needs to have worse tools or have a different risk that needs to be applied to his kit rather than like, ah, pick right tool for right situation where once you play the character long enough, you know the right tools for every situation. I mean, personally, like this is just my own weird thoughts on how Akuma works. It's just like, I, I think him having 900 health doesn't matter because his damage output basically makes it to where you're, Right, your opponent might as well have nine hundred too. Like, yeah, Akuma literally does so much damage that it it doesn't matter how much life your opponent has. Um, all all the Akuma player needs to do is not get hit. If Akuma doesn't get knocked down or only gets knocked down in situations where their opponent can't get uh good good pressure off of it, what risk does Akuma have? Akuma just goes back to playing his game where he out damages the opponent and gets a better knockdown and gets to continue his pressure. That's what it it's, is. Yeah, it's it's weird, and like I, I I understand why people are frustrated about the top five, but like I also think that a lot of people aren't necessarily like educated well or understand like how to play some of those characters. Like I think for as real fucking mad as people get about Rashid, there are a lot of people who let Rashid players get away with a lot. Right, like Crouch Heavy's only zero on block. You can challenge him pushing Crouch Heavy three times on block. It's not free. Yeah, and it's just, there's a lot of weird, like, there's a lot of weird specific character tech, and a lot of stuff is just underdeveloped, because why would you, because like uh, like other things, why would you spend the time developing and understanding these certain characters when you can just play these characters that don't have to deal with that? Yeah. I mean, like, like who knows? Falk, Falk versus Rashid might be in Falk's favor. It's just, we I, haven't, we haven't spent we enough time. We know that's time. the case with Birdie. Yeah, I mean, Falk beats Birdie pretty well. He She can uh, outrange a lot of his normals, and... Uh, really tear them apart and and part of her pressure game um but who knows with these lower tier characters how well they do against top tiers because they just haven't been labbed out enough it's kind of like the pro players lab them out to a point where it's like okay i don't think this character can beat my character so i don't need to worry about this but if somebody really gets more technical and really digs into the nitty-gritty of what a character can do they can come up with a bunch of stuff like, look at how many setups have developed and grown from Akuma with the amount of people that play him. Like, the amount of work that Tokido has put in, that Haitani has put in, that literally any other player that plays Akuma has put in. Like, I know Sheldon, Sheldon Twitching, um, well, really Sheldon in general, Sheldon something, 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 ING is what he is on. Sheldon Ever- Verbing. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. Sheldon Verbing. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, degree coming into play. Um, he's he's put in a, like a ton of time with Akuma and and has studied Akuma and Haitani and like what they do. Um, the like back and forth that those players have with watching each other's tech and you know pushing it forward. Like there was a point where Haitani was doing a specific set of special moves after a stun that would. Uh, build more meter than than what Tokido was doing, and also keep him same side. Like Tokido was doing light DP into Tatsu, and he would like switch sides and lose the corner. 
but Haitani was doing light DP into, or excuse me, light Tatsu into light DP, um, and it would keep him same side every time. So stuff like that, um, like having these players like grow off of each other is really interesting and doesn't really happen when your character is less played and less visible. You, 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 you can't see the, the, the small minute, minute details that really make your character shine. Agreed. And I think this is in, I think in general too, is like a lot of, it's like, there's not a lot of, I think there's a lot of information in like tech in regards to theoretical and just foundational thought for street fighter five. Like there's a lot of tutorials that break stuff down that understand concepts, but like, I don't think that individual character tech is particularly is particularly like documented super well and no I mean I, for I would say for most of the cast you don't have that um that bible or the the big compilation of data like you have for you know Armika or um why am I blanking on a character there's one for Ken um and and a, and a couple others that are just like really good compilations of um, multiple players knowledges and approaches to the character and you know what's good and what's not um, that really talk about how that character can use the mechanics of the game um, and you know how to to make those uh, mechanics a little bit more visible to you know one of the anybody that's playing that character I mean like you know last in Ultra Street Fighter 4 we had the Rendokan Bible Oh, from and Makoto, I, I, yeah. That was yeah, that was I, really good. And I really think the Armika tech box is the spiritual successor to that in every way possible. But, you know, it's just... It, and it's weird. And it's why, like, I've I've got Cody tech that I've written, that I've, de- that I've developed, that I've documented or video... Done videos for. And it's just... I think it's just really hard. And, like, the, incent- like, the incentive is not there. Like, being an FGC content creator is really difficult. And I think it's kind of... For as much as there's a well for it, it's just also like the barrier to entry is also very low. And it's what allows like some weird stuff to kind of go in and like some the, there's been some stuff going around this last week, especially with conversations in regards to players and like some ways people are handling content and like the ideas of like how often content theft happens, how much like stuff for exposure <sighs> happens. And it's just it's. That's it's so hard, and like that's I, I, so I, I, upsetting to me. The amount of content that just gets stolen, especially well, at least in my case, what I notice is especially from artists is like their art gets stolen to make charms or posters, T-shirts, and they don't get a cent back to them. And then they try to report these people for stealing it, and it's just way more of a hassle than it than it should be. Or like the the stores don't have a proper option to report somebody for having uh stolen art as one of their goods and it's it's just frustrating i feel for the artists like why would they want to put any of their art on twitter or any public platform if it's just gonna get stolen and i mean like so i i come from like i grew up around the something awful let's play crowd just kind of listening to podcasts from them and like listening to those people talks like 
And I also used to be an esports journalist, and I'm an esports journalist who's had his work, who's had his name taken off his work that is still monetized. And that's, I've, you know, that's I've so had, fucked like, up. <laughs> there's a there's a bot that there's a bot that goes around just taking clips of people's like scanning Street Fighter Five uh, Twitch clips and just uploading them in a compilation that's monetized. What? So there's multiple like clips of my personal stream that are in a compilation Ugh. and that video, that video is monetized and like that that makes me mad like i i i i'm kind of known like how do you approach something of, like that like how do you approach youtube and said that I guy mean, stole part of my footage from my stream to like i've to, had to I've use had for bits, that i've had bits of my twitter clips like downloaded and thrown in a fucking youtube compilation as well too like i I got into it with Dead Aces beat whatever the fuck his name is, because he pulled shit from my Twitter and just fucking pulled that stuff out of there. And I knew, you know, it's I'm upset. <laughs> like it's frustrating. And like I think that I think for just like just as much as there is content, to, like there is a super gray area around replays, and it's really disheartening. Like CFN right. is both a blessing and a curse for what it does. And it's so easy just to pick just to search for replays of popular players, slap a really bad thumbnail and some bad mods on there and make money off that. And like, I think I, I personally think that is taking food out of players mouths because they can be monetizing and making that content themselves. When, whenever I know that I'm going to go back and like, put footage on on youtube of me and another player via replay i try to reach out to the other player and be like hey i'm gonna upload this and share it with people um you know not necessarily public it's unlisted but this is something i'm gonna do are you okay with that can i do this are you like do you have any issues with this um i just just so that they they know that I'm doing this, um, especially when I put it up on YouTube. I, I demonetize it and I, I don't earn money off of it. But I'm like, I'm sharing this with people and like it, it's going to be a, a public thing here. I, I think there's like a line between like personal and things that you monetize. Like, you know, me making a Twitch clip for fun, you know, obviously follow etiquette, like hiding name and all, but like, me uploading replays to analyze and work with people like I think that's different because like I don't slap you know, I don't slap ads on that right but you know people like dead aces and people like all these fucking aggregate sites that post a bunch of just content they found like that usually get people's names wrong or get things wrong or say sexist and shitty things like like I said I think that like they are I mean, like, I, I think they, I think that takes the food out of players' mouths who maybe right. don't know how to market themselves, and that's an that's an important thing. Is like, you know, I I would not say that I know how to market myself particularly well. I had help from Saint Cola and from Classico and my scene to get better ideas of how to present myself, especially for the sponsorship. But like, you know, a lot of people don't, and a lot of people like. There are th people that get taken advantage of and people that like pay for services and pay for things that they don't really need. And it's just like, I, 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 I really, I have weird feelings about it. And like, I, like I said, I've, I've been approached by people who have 
wanted me to work for exposure. I've had pe- I've been I've had people ask me to make them things without the compensation of paying me. And it's just like I think that if you have something that you are really proud of and I think if you are someone like if you want to get yourself out there like you can make content and you can make your like you can make stuff, you know. Like and there are people who aren't necessarily like pro level players who are out there making content and getting recognized like Demon Dan is a meme machine built on like Photoshop edits and like Alex clips and like he is you know he is he does a like, phenomenal job of just clipping the right things and making some really good uh, I don't want to call them memes but I guess that's what they're all called now just like they make some really good memes of just like posting content and being like look at what this person did or like some like some very it's- like baiting comment on top of his on his uh some of his clips and like it really grabs people's attentions and it's really really well done like real talk i think that it it is hard to be a personality it's for as much as like there is an idea that everyone has to be a brand you are your own personal brand stay on brand but like that's really it's really hard and like as someone who's i feel like who is like done creative works and, and I'm, I'll, I'll let you get to it i'm sorry but no you're good i guess someone who's done a bunch of creative stuff and like tried to establish himself as something and had moderate degrees of success you know it it's not easy and it takes time and it's easy to get dis and it's easy to get taken advantage of and like i said earlier if you really like value yourself and value your work like if you are passionate about something don't do it for free and like make sure that the things and the projects that you do for you are ones you grow and like learn from. I've, I feel like this um, to go back like a couple of sentences um, from you to, to really emphasize the point of you don't need to put on a perfect persona when you're online um, to be considered a good person to have your content be watched to contribute to the community. Um, like this, this, I, this idea that, Oh, I have this persona. This is what I'm pushing forward. And I always have to be this whenever I'm pushing forward. Any content is a very bad idea. And it's very much like this, um, cancel culture that we have going on where people are digging through your tweets and your history to find like anything that you've ever done wrong and to use it to, refute anything that you're trying to do in the future it's a very bad way to identify who you are to identify who somebody else is nobody is precisely 100% what you see online um they can be tamer they can be more wild there's they're always multifaceted and very much what anybody posts on social media is very society oriented. And so if, and, and comedians really suffer this the most of when, okay, 10, 15 years ago, people were making gay jokes and racist jokes and, you know, jokes about all their different things. And you look at it today, would any comedian today dare to make those jokes in today's society? No. But, I mean, but people dig through and like, oh, in your comedy special from O2, you said this thing. That means you shouldn't get the right to do comedy today. 
it's just like what <laughs> i just did what the people told me to do and what was getting a response from the crowd and how the society was moving i mean like that's the other thing too and like just coming from being like you know an art or, or an artist and a writer like one i i have weird thoughts about cancel culture mostly because like I think two of, you know, one of the biggest examples of what people cite as cancel culture is Louis C.K. And he has a special next year. But like there are people making those jokes and like doing those things. And like the way I generally feel about it is for comedy, like if you're going to make that, like if you're going to go for it, fucking go for it, you know, like, but it better be good. Because if you're going to like if you if you are going to joke that so, the, that antagonizes or is like harmful or like spiteful or like not okay towards people it better fucking land and like the big problem i think with a lot of that that stuff like that is you know i think a lot of those jokes are just generally like cheap pops they're like ooh, gay people uh, instead of like something good and like so like i i have very i have a lot of thoughts about like comedy and like a lot of stuff and like there's like five comedy specials this year that came out that are called triggered and just a bunch of other bullshit. And it's just, it's, it's weird. And like, I, I think like I, on the hand, like I don't think cancel culture is really the juggernaut and the ruining thing that people think it is. But I also just think that like we're in a dystopian hell society where brand and you have to be a bunch of things and just, yeah, Jesus Christ. Ah. When when <laughs> when I hope everything's okay. I know that you just dropped something or or whatever. But I feel like when so much of your life is publicized or publicly available, um, you really start getting trapped in a box where you don't feel like you have room to move forward creatively or make any mistakes in your life. Because you mean like nowadays, if you make one mistake in anything that you say everybody's down your throat and you know you 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 can't get a word out nobody trusts you anymore and uh it will quite literally almost take like half a decade to build any trust back after like staying silent for two years and then like barely posting and then being like okay people are trusting me again let's you know post some more and and building all of that trust back takes so long and like i I don't think i think personally like that's maybe the wrong way to approach that though like you can fuck up like they're like you know yeah i I feel like people just forget that people fuck up like in normal everyday life people make mistakes everybody make mistakes i think there are some things that you have to pay uh, pay attention to and like some things that are like worth important noting i'm going to use maybe a little bit of an older example here and it's just kind of something that i that I've personally thought about a lot, especially with the scenes and the people that I've run with, you know, like a while back we had an issue where like internet personalities were getting in heated moments and really bad racial slurs. And, you know, it's one of those things where like you have to ask the question of why is this word something that you, that is this easy to slip out of you? You know, I think that like certain levels of scrutiny and certain levels of understanding are important and things like you should always like there are things that you should challenge and things that you should look deeper into. But like people do make mistakes and like personally speaking, using specifically the anecdote that you just mentioned, like 
laying low, like there is a difference between like laying low and saying a bunch of stuff and like actually working to like uh, to work against your mistake and work towards that. Cause like, I think that like just going quiet and not being responsive and just like all of that, you know, I think it's the wrong way to go about it. Like accountability is really important. It's a thing that like not a lot of people really do. And especially on like an FGC level, you know, I don't, I'm just gonna be frank. Like, I'm just gonna be honest, like right here, Chris, Chris G F champ and a couple of other people who've done, really bad things are still like very famous personalities in there. And like there are people in our scene who have said vile racist, offensive things. And I mean, to, they're, to still really... spo- they're still sponsored. Like there's still personalities, you know, F champ said some real stupid shit fucking last week. And I, mm. we had discussions about it. And like F champ, F champs relevancy is another, is not the conversation on this podcast, but like, no, I just... but I feel like if we want to bring up another person who has, had a really troubled history that a lot of people haven't been able to quite figure out. Like even I am still confused on the, the actual events that have happened is what happened with infiltration in his ex-wife who's now getting taken back to court for um, slander, I believe with all of the stuff that he's said on Twitter and on, on Twitch now Um, his, his ex decided like, Hey, you've ruined my reputation. Um, I mean, like, as far as infiltration goes and like, this is just kind of, this is my, this is just my like weird personal beliefs on that. And like, we're never going to know what happened with that. And like, that's just, that's just the truth. Like, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like there's enough evidence to say that he, we don't know the context in which it happened. We don't know, like, what the situation leading up to it was, but like there's, there's a lot of unknowns that make it hard a, that make it hard to make a judgment call. It's very much me, like a gray area me, where you can lean one way or the other. Let me let me finish and I'll like just kind of okay. okay, sorry. And like I I have a point and a conclusion to this. Like at a bare minimum, at some point infiltration put his hands on his wife. And you know what? Like I don't know what that context was. I personally believe that, like, I personally believe that, like, no matter what, like, unless there is a time and a place to put hands on someone and, you know, I I don't agree with his course of action. I can't talk about his mindset when it went down. Like, I, I don't know that. All I know is that at the bare minimum, I have proof that says he put his hands on his wife. And so, in my mind... You know, there are so many Street Fighter players, like so many people who play this game and who go through everything and who like play all this and do things. And so instead of focusing my time on and being a fan of this player who has a lot of personality, but like there are so many good players in Street Fighter and so many good like, and I, you can apply this to like my belief on like, music and media and art and a bunch of stuff like there are so many players and people that i could find that will give me the same things i want from this player that i don't have to occasionally look at and go "Eh, did he did did he his wife should i support this person yeah like why even bother with having to have that conversation and like i'm and like i'm sorry like you know i 
there are some people who I don't necessarily agree with who are like, ah, he said some bigoted shit, but he didn't hurt anyone. At the bare minimum, he hurt one person. <laughs> at at the bare minimum, regardless of context, he put his hands on a wall. And yeah. for the sake of inclusivity and for the sake of people feeling comfortable, like it needs to be it, it needs to be addressed. Community comes first. Like community comes first. Like the yeah. community and the entire time, even when it was found out and even when it was established that yes, he put his hands on his wife. He still came out and was like, I'm innocent, blah, 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 blah. Like, I... You know, I, he, he I, lost his sponsorship at Panda Global. Like, there was a lot of... Like, he got banned from Capcom Cup for like, a year and a half, or Capcom Pro Tour for a year and a half. It, it's, it's definitely not a situation that I feel like this community and a lot of the... Um, the more... The the larger entities in this community have taken lightly. Um, he did win an Evo title this year. He won an Evo title, and like the official Evo Twitter was promoted. Like, yeah, yeah, promoted it, and like so that's the other thing too. Is like, as much as people like complain and yell about can- cancel culture, what people are actually yelling about is that people are being held accountable for their actions, and like infiltration is the exact proof of that like you know and it's just i that entire situation is bad and weird and i i have thoughts and it's we have everybody has their own individual thoughts and i don't feel like it's necessarily anybody's place to be like oh he should have gotten more punishment he should have gotten less punishment the fact is he got a punishment and we have to respect that and he deserved a punishment. I I feel. Um, I mean, I, at, at, the, at this point, I'm just gonna say I think we've given longer bans for less offensive things in this community. I I you definitely know. think that's true. <laughs> like Noel Brown got fucking ethered for something that was way less. Not way. that what he did was okay, but yeah, that was. Definitely the the player in person I was thinking of. Um, yeah, but so like it's an incredibly topic, and like it's the things that I have said and the things that you have said are both going to make some people mad. And it's oh, just, I'm sure. It, I what it is. I listen. I I think I at the end of the day, I think people make mistakes. Um if and when infiltration comes back to this community, um, you know, whether it be next year in the Capcom Pro Tour or not, um, I think he has definitely reflected on his actions. I I don't think he has taken this lightly. Um, I mean, it, it clearly costs him a ton of money, both with a sponsorship, several sponsorships, excuse me, several sponsorships, because I'm sure... Um, he, he wasn't just working with Panda Globing. I'm, I'm sure he had several other, like, you know, stuff like Razor or HyperX sponsoring him and, and, you know, giving him money for promoting their products. Um, and not even talking about tournament winnings that he might have. Um, it's definitely cost him money. And if anything that people respond to, 
it's money and not getting money is harsh and so he's definitely thought about it i mean i'm sure he has but at the same time he's also now in a defamation suit because the way that he carried himself after that has inadvertently caused someone to be harassed with death threats and all that kind of stuff yeah so you know it's, like it's I, never an easy situation to handle i don't think he did the best job of handling it i don't think his wife has done the best job of hand or his ex-wife excuse me has done the best job of handling it um i don't i don't think evo did the best job of handling it um, all i'm gonna say is like personally he, like i i don't fucks with infiltration i don't this like podcast said, you know, is not sponsored by infiltration no it is not and honestly like i they will disagree with me for this but like if we banned Noel Brown for the shit that he did for as long as we did. Infiltration doesn't need to be back. And that's just kind of... I I feel like this is something that shouldn't be as taboo to talk about as it is. I feel like a lot of people have remained very quiet. A lot of people have not put out their opinions on this situation. Um, because, again, there's a lot of unknowns in gray areas that make it hard to make somebody want to put out an actual opinion on what happened um but the fact is it's happened and very much in the same way where people find it taboo to talk about religion or how much they earn or um politics this is a very much almost like a political matter where it it talks about the rules of a society that we have formed of, or of a community that we formed and what we find acceptable and what we don't. And the sooner that we talk about these rules and structure them in such a way where they are coherent, I feel like the better the community is off and the more understandable um, people will be if they make a mistake and how like we like we need as a community to develop the procedure for a lot of this stuff a lot better like should there be a process to appeal um in a community is a year and a half ban long enough or should there like should there actually be an appeal process where you have to show that you have done better and that you are worth having in this community still like there's there's a lot of stuff that's not talked about because people are uncomfortable with it and I mean, those conversations are hard to have. And like a lot of that stuff is like, the reason is, is like, it's such a wide reach. Like there's a lot of it's a wide reaching. Like part of the, re like part of the things I feel about this is like, especially for our community, which is, which says it's trying to be inclusive, which is trying to like get as many people in as we can and like try to build more diversity in the community. And like, the way I see it is like a lot of people are putting, you know, the, like comfort and safety of a large group of players like you know there's a lot of women players that are that have become very prominent in the fgc and like yeah i would say if anything 2019 has been the year of trying to make women not feel uncomfortable in in yeah. this scene and so like the way i feel about like the way i feel about that is it's just like you know so many people are willing to throw those people's safety and feeling of comfort at events away for one person who hits buttons good. And yeah. I just, I like, 
like I said, I'm very community focused and like I I try to carry myself in a way that is like respect respectability right. politics is an entirely different conversation and I'm not like this is gonna come off a little bit weird, but like again as someone, who try, as someone who tries to carry themselves in a way that is positive and like tries to be like I've I am the product of a welcome nurturing environment and a welcome nurturing community. Like I Knoxville took me in and say and like saved my life when I was in a really bad place. Right. New Challenger helped me build a scene when I did not have one. And my time in Chicago has pushed me from just okay to like a, a great doing player. well at event. Like to a, yeah, a great player. To like a great player. And like I I think that those opportunities belong to everyone. And I think that like the way infiltration is handled and the way some of that was handled is going to deny those opportunities to people because they don't feel safe. Now, all I want to say is that as a community, we need to break down the barriers to discuss these things. We need to discuss these things as uncomfortable and awkward as it makes us feel. It will only propel us forward as a community. I feel when we start being willing to talk about, how players in this community are treated, how people in this community feel when somebody does something wrong and, you know, they're punished or not punished or what's an adequate punish. Should they be let back into the community after what they've been punished with? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's all a very hard topic to talk about. And it's, I don't feel I, like we start moving forward until we start talking about these things. Like I mean, those like at, at the end of the day, like a lot of these things are communal level. Like Capcom Pro Tour stuff is like a corporate event. As much as we love a lot of these things, like a lot of this stuff is like corporate sponsored. And well, it is and isn't. A lot of the tournaments that happen around the world wouldn't happen without the community. Yeah. Capcom sponsoring it is a big bonus and it helps those communities out a lot it helps them gain exposure it helps them get money it, it you know it I'm helps these tournaments kind of kind of break like, even instead of like losing money on every single event like specifically with our scene and like with the street fighter stuff and you know like there are events and people like it is up to the tournament organizers and the community people to 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 make those decisions you know we when everything with guilty went down after evo Right. You know, we saw multiple TOs make the make decisions and make calls and like do what they saw best was for the community. Right. And I re I respect people like you know Rick who runs Combo Breaker, Jabaley who runs CEO, the Frosty Fostings crew for trying to do what's right for their community. And I'm not saying I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that like anyone that doesn't ban infiltration is. That that situation is rough, and like I have very strong feelings towards it, and other people have strong feelings towards it. It's it's a weird conversation, but it's just like I, I think that yes, you're right. We do need to have conversations about these things, and we do need to like have an understanding of what goes down and what we're going to be doing. But the problem with that is, is like to have those conversations, you have to have two actors in good faith and in a kappa r kappa r salty world and a twitter not only have a incredibly loud one 
they've projected it that way, those good faith conversations are very hard to have and very like, it's hard to trust someone to have those conversations and them not be coming at you to fucking just show their ass. Right. And I feel like it's really a situation where we almost need to decide on what communal leaders we want to kind of like all sit down and have like a deep conversation with these things about people that we trust, people that we've had these individual conversations with and we agree with them. And then, you know, like, okay, almost like, like almost like at this point we need representatives as a community to push the scene forward as a whole. Um, but that is getting way out of our depth of field. Um, I, in my personal opinion, like talk, like at that point we're getting to way more politics of what a community is and how we're way more of like a society at this point. Yeah. Um, then, then I really like, am comfortable with dealing with like it, it, almost at a, at a certain point, this, this community needs to evolve into a society and have almost like a government that, that runs it. And it's, I mean like the, the big thing too is like, I think we generational shift. There are people like Alex Valle and Henry Sen who have established their, those communities and built things up. We're also seeing new community leaders like, uh, Romanova Sharpie, uh, the, all of the Chicago crew, like a lot of these people, like we're seeing a generational shift and seeing a lot of just new talent and new people rise up with new ideas of how these communities are run and integrated with each other. And some yeah. of these problems just get fixed by time, you know? Yeah. I and think... I mean, not, not only like with all these new people, like in, in new ideas, like the United States society has changed a lot. Like we're less homophobic. We're like, like a lot of things are are happening like you would be remiss not to mention all the world changes that have been happening that influence our community that that change how we start perceiving things it it really is and like there's always going to be if i if i did not believe like if i didn't believe that we were doing well i would be here yeah like especially especially as like a queer person you know it it's i don't fucks with things that are unsafe so yeah i mean that's quite literally can be a dangerous place for you where you can yeah. can lose your life um I'm like you know i like i pass for straight but it's it's weird like these are these are things that are completely different from what we came in here to discuss about but is it though know, i feel like we I came mean, in here to have a like at the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about a difficult subject, and now we've evolved into a different difficult subject to talk about, which is exactly my plan. I, I, you're right. I, it's, it's interesting, and it's a, it's a long conversation, and there's, and I don't think it's fixed with one conversation. I think it's no. It's very much f like this entire community gets like having a big communal discussion about you know who should be banned for how long and you know whatever isn't something that gets talked about one time and that's the end of it it's something that gets talked about brought up talked Bro, about that infiltration shit happened like over a year. it happened yeah it, talking about it yeah like that's what i'm talking about like it gets brought up and talked about and it's <laughs> It's repeatedly on people's minds because it's something, it's literally a critical point that will decide what this community is about. 
And that's how you know is a, a solid year, almost year and a half. We've been talking about infiltration and what happened. And like infiltration was like the like it's a ripple effect because since that like I don't think without that the conversations about the roofies about you know how we've been treating women in the community about the, everything that went on with guilty because you know let's just be honest those allegations surrounding guilty are not new no and like it is a ripple effect that has caused change and things that come with change also cause like eruptions and fissions that hey people are not gonna like here's this big thing people don't like change <laughs> uh believe it or not but the only thing constant in life is change <laughs> That's that's quite literally it. Like people hate change, but that's the only thing that will ever be the same in your life is that everything is going to change around you. Oh, and the sooner you yeah. can realize these two things of like, hey, nobody else around me likes change, but this is going to happen anyway. The sooner you can reconcile yourself and push yourself and your community forward and help other people reconcile with themselves. And I mean, like it's true. And like, there's always these weird conversations of like, ah, the fighting game coming like this big sjw thing and like all this stuff and it's like no there's some people being held responsible and people growing but like there's folk like majin obama in our scene who is the realest motherfucker but also a dude who can come out and just be like hey man listen there's some shit that got that went down last night especially when they were doing the cooperation cup stuff he's just like hey man and arcade culture is fucking rad and it helps me become who i am there are some things that have to grow and evolve and what happened last night is not okay. And, and yeah. like, let me tell I mean, you, there rough. are some jokes watching Obama makes that are not okay. That guilty chuckle over. Right. But like, um, but it's definitely, I, I, it's I definitely, at, I find in the same vein of like, um, spooky Victor Fontes, the guy who runs team yeah. spooky. He very much has that East coast, New York style of like, listen, if you're wrong, I'm going to fucking tell you you're wrong. I'm going to tell you what's actually happening. And that's where we're going to go from. And that is the exact thing that I look for in a lot of my good friends of like you telling me exactly how I fucked up and why I'm a dumb, stupid idiot. Even though you're calling me a fucking bitch the entire time, <laughs> I understand what you mean by it. And I see that you're actually trying to fucking help me. I don't, care what obscenities you call me you're giving me real advice about like what's going on and what i should do and like how things are going to move forward and like that's what i can get behind oh man this but, is not where i expected this podcast to go but i'm kind of glad like i'm kind of glad the time that i show up these conversations because i think they're important and necessary they are extremely like, important i think so many people oh, so many people are like i don't want to talk about that it causes too much conflict i like that's bad for my image having conflict in in anything i do no <laughs> conflict is exactly what pushes all this forward especially when you're somebody who has a large community presence and can move these things forward and that is where i feel like this becomes the most critical for you to say something on these topics um, you know yeah it's and i mean like, as a, as a community this subject is an incredibly divisive and 
I, I don't think we'll have an answer by the end of this year. I don't even know if we'll have an answer next year. I, I hope that we have an answer eventually about what to do about all this stuff. But I mean, like, I, I, I legitimately believe that that changes because the more that I look at things, it's just like, like I said, I, you know, I think everything that happened with the infiltration is fucked up and bad. Like, like I said, personally, I believe at the bare minimum he put hands on his wife. And the fallout from that has been just a fucking shit show nonstop. But I really think that like that, you know, something breaks the camel's back. And now we're having now we're having real discussions about like how we treat women in our community. And we're talking about like creating better spaces for people and people are being held accountable more than they were. There's still like some things that kind of get hung up and some things that just some people who maybe get away with some shit that they shouldn't, but I, st- I still think Twitter is one of the worst platforms for us to be on. I think it causes so much distress for so many people, but at the same time, it's a great way to stay up to date on things, and it's it's really hard to take yourself away from a platform like Twitter. <laughs> it, I mean, like hell, like I, you know, I I don't use Twitter as much anymore, except. To- push stuff and to occasionally like just vent but like i i think that <laughs> i i don't know i think it's, if i wasn't on twitter i wouldn't even know that bonchin became a father of twins like last week like i i think that of the social media platforms that are not dedicated to pictures twitter is probably the best one and it's still fucked I mean, with picture, like anything that mm, I I can't make a blanket statement. That's just gonna bite me in the ass. Um, I significantly don't like Snapchat or any of the dating apps or even Instagram. I have issues <laughs> with. I feel like all of them are. I'm gonna say have, like have as big someone issues. Who's, as someone who has recently like started to actually like how he looks, I'm I'm pretty avid on that there Instagram, but. I mean, don't let me stop you. Like, please. <laughs> Who would have thought that, like, overcoming your issues with your body image would result in rampant vanity? Who fucking thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've never suffered with that. I've always felt like I at least looked decent. Um, it's there, it's just everybody has different struggles in their life, and I yeah. I certainly have my own, but. I've never wanted to use Instagram. I only made an Instagram account because one of my girlfriends made me, one of my ex-girlfriends <laughs> made me. Um, and after I broke up with her, I I actually, I think six months ago, I deactivated the account. I don't even have an Instagram anymore. So I it's... I really just use Twitter to stay up to date with things. And even then, I, I very much make sure I follow very specific people. I if if filth starts showing up in my timeline, I start unfollowing people. I'm like, I don't need this in my life. <laughs> I I completely understand that. Like, I have my moments where, and I, even today, like I have bad moments. Like, I need to be around less people and make sure and focus that the people that I'm around, I am having a net positive impact around. And so it's. I I know one of the things specifically that I try to do is you do your macro checks because you're on yeah. a, a keto diet. Um, 
every single time that you post those, I try my best to make sure to to like them and you know to to make sure that you know I'm keeping up with you <laughs> um and that i know what you're doing and it's almost like, like almost like i almost that. like i'm holding you accountable but you're doing it on your own because if you don't post something i'm like okay i i think you're doing fine okay. i'm not gonna fair, i'm not gonna like, talk to you about it but all last week i was just i'm on vacation and and that's fine you're you're allowed to take a break especially like i'm i mean i know keto is one of those things where like you have to keep it up and be like you you can't have any um gluten pretty much um but at a, at a certain point i'm like okay if you're not posting anything it's not my job to make sure you're responsible but if you are i'm gonna like it and i'm gonna let you know that i've seen it i'm gonna let you know that you're doing a good job yeah so it's just like i i really appreciate that and like part of that is just like my own my own motivations and like my own things that are Like, it's my own things that are just kind of. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's OK. It's it's hard to put own. into words sometimes. It's it's your own thing and you're doing it for your own reasons. And that's like I, that's understandable. I, I have to hold myself accountable before anyone else does. And it's right. Just like, and that's this really, has been a weird journey for me. Really holding yourself accountable and. Fighting, finding the things in your living your life in such a way where you find that you are proud of yourself is the best way to live your life, to not really rely on anybody for that gratification, to get it from yourself, especially in something long-term like losing weight where you're going to, you're going to plateau and sometimes and like struggle and be like, I really want to eat that ice cream or like, I want to have that donut. Like that's hard. Or like, I know, especially for keto, it's like pizza. Pizza is like a big thing, especially if you're not in a city that supports a, a gluten-free diet. Having yeah, pizza is out, fucking shout good. Out to pizza for actually having keto-free or keto pizza. Yeah, because it's it's rough. A lot of people love pizza. Like I think I can I could cut out pizza pretty well, but I suffer from other forms of uh, carbohydrates or gluten. Um, so it's it's definitely one of those things where you have to be proud of yourself and you can't rely on others to do that because you'll reach a point where, especially with social media nowadays, where one negative words, one negative comment ruins your entire day. And you can't, you can't let that happen because you reach a certain point of popularity. You're always going to have a negative comment. You're always going to have somebody trying to downplay you. You're always going to have somebody against you and you have to stand there and not just look at the positive things, but look at yourself and be like, no, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. And I'm proud of myself here. I'm enjoying myself here. And none of you are going to change that. I know this has turned from like a Street Fighter podcast into like a, a community-oriented podcast into now a, a mental health podcast, but... All of these topics are, are very much important, I, I, I feel. Yeah, it, it's all a lot. It's all super a lot. <laughs> but 
All right. I feel like I have uh, talked your ear off at this point. I um, think I think we have hit way different points than we have to. There's a, a ton of stuff that we have yeah. talked about tonight for a lot of different reasons, um, which we'll we'll talk about later. But to yeah. to close this out, I do want to talk about. Do you have a favorite normal attack in any fighting game? One that just yes. like speaks to you. Yes, I do. Um, Wait on me. So, like, I think probably my favorite in all fighting games is Kanji's. Uh, uh, I can't really think of what the anime notation is. But big kind of you want some where the entire hitbox is just a thing pushed in front of him. Hmm. I don't know so, if I know what you're talking about. I've played I, a little I, bit of P4AU, I, but not a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, something like that is, is really cool. Like, you know, you want this, like that kind of thing is, is an, it's an interesting kind of... Like, it's always like the character animation, the way that they say the line, the delivery of all of it. It's super important to developing how the character is and how you react to the character <laughs> yeah like it like the weird thing about anime games is like all of their attacks have a really wild visual flair mm -hmm. and so that's just its thing all right and to follow that up um you know what's your favorite combo in any fighting game uh my favorite combo in any fighting game is honestly the um uh caught me off guard here uh i thought about this too because i knew i was doing this yeah uh, <laughs> honestly like my favorite combo in any fighting game is the honestly it's the in street fighter 5 it's just cody's uh it's just cody's basic crouch hard punch zonk up pipe uh mid pipe super oh that's pretty good because you get an interesting juggle off the up pipe and the mid pipe yeah, and like up pipe does a lot, so it's super interesting. Like it's interesting. How much damage does that does that do overall? That's almost uh, like a a forty or fifty percent combo, un, right? Un like with no super, it's like a three hundred and fifty hit <sighs> meterless damage. Yeah, with so with super, super it has to be like four fifty or five hundred. Or it's four seventy five. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. But all right, like, so Cody, Cody, it's so hard. Yeah, I, I had a great time. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a lovely time talking to you. Thank you so much for being on here. One more time, if you want to plug anything that uh, anything that you have, um, just you know, go ahead. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Kii. Uh, I'm not gonna be doing extreme stuff this week because I just got back from vacation and I need to reacclimate to my life, but. You know, next week I'll be back and doing things and I'll be making content. I can't. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, that's been another episode of the RSF Radio Podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me in Seth Series. I've been your guest host, Nogarimi, and I hope you all have a good night. Have a good night, everybody. Peace out. Peace.